0: Hello, I'm Christina Smithmeyer. Welcome back to Satellite Stories for the final part of our TUSAS Greenland series. So far, we've been hearing from teachers, from artists, from politicians, and many more about how the country's sole telecommunications company partnered with SES to allow their customers more opportunities many of us in Western civilizations have. Opportunities for better healthcare better education, and to engage culturally too, watching their favourite football team week in and week out, albeit thousands of miles away. So today we're staying in Nuuk, well sort of, perhaps not on land, but offshore. Our guide today is Cern Nuka Olsvik, an Arctic navigator. Once a captain on Greenland's Seaborne Freight Company, now he's carefully guiding huge shipping vessels through unpredictable tides of arctic coastline, with icebergs and extreme weather conditions. The internet is something CERN and the captains he works with really rely upon. I have a story to tell you about how we came to meet CERN by chance during our stay in Greenland, but I'm going to save that for later. First, remember on our last episode when we heard from Anders who is educating the next generation of teachers? Well, Let's start with that in mind with Son, as he reflects back on what he wanted to be when he was just a little boy.
1: Yeah, I always knew. Actually, I have a funny story about my uh, teacher. He told me, I, I actually can't remember this uh, episode, but he told me, uh, when I was like 10, 12 years old, he was asking me, Soren, well, what is this about? And I was looking at him and look at the chart board, I would say, oh, I'm gonna be a sailor, I really don't need anything of that. <laughs> so apparently I, I always knew that I was going to be a sailor. I am actually educated navigator. So uh, I was in this company, Wallachic Line, for 26 years and the past six years as captain. Then I um, started to do some piloting.
0: Tell me a bit about your company. What did you set up? How many employees do you have?
1: Yeah, so uh, we started a new company called EMAC Pilot. We are three guys, three navigators, and uh, we are all three former captains, born and raised in Greenland. And uh, we are right here, so they call us, and we get on the boat and meet and support the ships that's coming to Greenland. My typical morning is like you know I get dressed and uh, pick up my iPad, checking out if the ship comes in to look uh, scheduled as uh, as uh, time on arrival, and um, then I check the weather, the tide, ice conditions for fog. and then I uh, you know go down to the top boat. We are down at the docks, and uh, uh, anyway, so the tugboat is down here and uh, I'm going on board this tug and then we're going out to the big tanker called Seacut and um, I'm going to help uh, and support the captain with information about the tide and wind and and some traffic and come back here to Nuuk. There was a little bit of ice uh, coming in from the fjord but uh, nothing too difficult. The wind is uh, northerly, about four to five meters per second, so um, it's going to be fairly easy to get this tanker in.
0: I've never been on board one of these uh, big tanker ships, so when you've when you've sailed right up to that tanker ship with your tugboat. What do you see? Can you describe what you're looking at from that tugboat right next to that massive tanker?
1: Yeah, well, we we sail around and get get really close and then there's this ladder you have to go up in and it's uh, like uh, very high. It's like eight, ten meters up. So so you just get up on that ladder and uh, nothing I can handle, that's for sure.
0: That sounds terrifying. (laughs)
1: No two days are the same uh, you're talking with different captains and different uh, ship on different ships but but uh, I feel when I get on board the the captains and the people I talk to and uh, support they are really listening to my advices so so. When I tell them not to sail too fast and not to do like this, they, they're really understanding of the, both the nature and the dangers up in Greenland. Yeah. Well, uh, when I was in Wallachiglein, uh, uh, I've been uh, sailing all the way from the far north of Greenland to the far north of east-north Greenland and it, all the uh, cities and settlements in between, have been to the mall.
0: When we were sitting down the other day, the first day you and I met and we started talking, you had these photos on your phone like hanging out with emperor penguins or, you know, people doing concerts on ice caps. I mean, they're unreal and you were like showing them to me and talking about it as if it was such a normal thing, but it's an incredibly special thing. So can you tell me about um, some of the best experiences that you've had while working in this field for the last 26 years?
1: So so uh, uh, when I was in the Antarctic we, we had this, uh, every year we had this trip down to Antarctica and I was on that trip uh, and it was very, very amazing. The, the ice shelf down there is like 18 meters high. So, uh, so uh, and the, down in the Norwegian station, they, they made us uh, take out on a tour. So we went out with the penguins and seals, and it was so amazing. Yeah, it was great. And it's really like an expedition down there. So few ships comes down there. And uh, they're like the Russians, they come down there a lot, and the Americans. And then these uh, private, um, organizations with the Norwegian and Belgians we, we go down to, they charter us to go down there because we have the ice experience. Uh, so, so we were down there for like, it took like um, 14 days uh, to, to get down there. And we were down there for like one week and got back to Cape Town. It was really amazing, it was great.
0: Can you tell me why these cruise ships, these cargo ships, these freight ships, why can't they navigate through these Greenlandic waters themselves?
1: Yeah, so um, the the cargo ships, cruise liners and tankers that comes up here don't have the experience and uh, the routine to sail up in these Arctic waters. The seas around Greenland is is really, really uh, different in the way because they have extreme weather uh, fog, a lot of ice, and if you don't know anything about this, it's very, very dangerous. Yeah. Also, we actually have a really high tide, so uh, and, and with the tide going into docks and stuff, it's a lot of tidal stream.
0: Can you tell me the role of um, and the importance of satellite connectivity and internet connectivity for these huge ships out here in, uh, in the waters?
1: Yeah, so so you really cannot go to Greenland without a plan, right? And, um, but, but you need to not only stick with the plan, but make sure the plan holds. So if, if, if ice conditions change, wind change, now it's going to get foggy or anything, you have to be able to change the plan. And the way you change the plan is to make sure that everything is as goes as planned. That meaning that you have to use internet, you have to use um, apps, weather apps, ice conditions, and all that stuff, you have to check it every day, because it's, it changes from hour to hour, basically up here, so, so you really need to have an uh, internet um, connectivity to, to check all these things.
0: Would you say that you were relying very heavily on internet connectivity to get up-to-date sort of live feeds on the weather change and the forecast and all of this?
1: Yeah, you, you really rely on, 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 on live feed. You, you cannot sail across the Atlantic without live feed from uh, weather conditions. Uh, and the swell and the waves This can be very dangerous in the Atlantic.
0: What would happen if you didn't get on board these maritime vessels to support navigate through the waters?
1: The charts up in Greenland are actually really old, especially up in the north. It's not correctly mapped, so so you have to sail in a, in a specific way up there using radar uh, navigation. And if you're not aware of this and you just use your GPS, you can really damage your ship and probably yeah, worse than that. Maybe even die
0: what for you makes Greenland such a special place because I'm, I'm hearing you know that you're proud of being a Greenlander
1: yeah of course I'm very proud of being Greenlandic it's such a great nature uh, although it's dangerous and have a lot of uh, aspects of uh, that conflicts with uh, today's technology, uh, uh, with ships and transports, and but it's also, uh, you know, like uh, a challenge uh, that you can overcome if you follow the rules uh, and the support, then you will come safe to, to the docks every time.
0: Yeah. Do you guys say challenge accepted?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, challenge accepted, yeah.
0: What an honor to spend the day in CERN's company. Myself and my crew were completely blown away by his stories on and off camera and by his cheeky sense of humor and his hospitality. And in fact, all of the people we met working with TUSAS and the locals in Nuke, they were incredible. Earlier I promised to tell you the story of how I met CERN, We were privileged enough to experience a really wonderful afternoon with our colleague Julie from 2 and her family. In fact, we were invited over for a Sunday dinner, which included very fresh shrimp, fish eggs and whitefish, for starters, accompanied with buttered buns straight from the oven, and then caribou and herbed mashed potatoes and gravy, all as a main. A traditional Sunday Greenlandic lunch. Absolutely amazing and something I will never, ever forget. During our meal, we got to know the wonderful Rebecca and her son. Guess who? Son. Rebecca comes from Ilulissat, which is north of Nuuk. She was so kind to share her stories of her life in Greenland from the local traditions and stories from her upbringing. And then over dinner, Cern told us about his career, about how he advises pilots to navigate through Greenlandic waters. He showed us pictures on his phone from trading stations on ice caps, which were more than 18 meters high, as well as seals and emperor penguins waddling around him and his crew unloading their cargo. So unbelievably different from the pictures on my phone, to say the very least. And that's how I came to meet Sean during a traditional Greenlandic lunch. The very next day, we filmed the interview you've just listened to. Because that's the spirit of these wonderful people. They couldn't have been more welcoming to show us who they are, how they live, what they eat, and share their stories of their ancestors. Back home in little Luxembourg, I'll catch myself sitting there wondering if our time in Greenland was just a dream. I find myself most days wondering how they all are. And if I close my eyes, I can still picture and hear the waves at the old harbour in Nuuk. And I hope that the SES and 2 partnership enables more of you to enjoy this special culture too. And that they have the opportunity to enjoy ours. Because life really is better connected. To share. To learn. To take your story anywhere. Thanks for listening to Satellite Stories. And for more about what we do, visit ses.com.